Seder Snippet series is generously sponsored by the Saka family in memory of Joseph Saka. We continue our introduction to the Amida. At some point we're going to have to jump in, but there's so much to share, so much to say, so much preparation to do. And the truth is that's very indicative of the Amida itself. Because the Gemara tells us that Hasidim Rishonim, the early pious people, would be shown Shah Achas. They would spend one hour, a full hour, focusing their mind, trying to eliminate the distractions, trying to remove the clutter, so that when they arrived at that precious moment, the moment that we've been discussing is really the only part of davening that we're talking to God rather than just about God, that a person was prepared to have that conversation and be fully present. Later, Svarim explain that we fulfill that idea that Shon Shah Achas Kodem Tefillah, we fulfill that sentiment of an hour before davening. That's why Psukha de Zimra was instituted. The parts of davening that precede the Amida are the equivalent. I've yet to find the place that take an hour to say it, but it's the equivalent of preparing an hour before the Amida to focus, to center ourselves, to eliminate, to remove distraction, to take full advantage of that audience, of that opportunity, that access to the Melech Ma'achai Amlacham, the King of Kings, to pour out our heart as we'll go through the Amida, word by word, sentence by sentence, bracha by bracha, first in praise and then with our requests, and then, of course, expressing our, our gratitude as well. The Gemara Megillah and in Brachos tell us that that there were 127, 120 Zikanim, rather, who uh, among them Nevi'im, who instituted the Amidah, who wrote the Shmona Esrei as we have it. Does that mean that davening is rabbinic? Does that mean that until they did, prior to that, there was no fulfillment of a mitzvah, there was no concept of talking to Hashem? Of course not. Of course there is. There's a fundamental machlokas between the Ramban and the Rambam, whether davening is biblical, whether it's a mitzvah d'araisa. Those in Smichas Chavar, we studied this recently at length. The Rambam holds davening every day as a mitzvah d'araisa, talking to God. The Shemona Esrei, the Madbeya of Tefillah, the liturgy, the text, that was composed later. But the institution, the notion that we talk to Hashem, Daily, that is Daraisa, that's biblically mandated. Whereas the Ramban says only based Tzara, only in a moment of crisis. Soloveitchik said the truth is they're not arguing. Both agree that the driver, what precipitates, what obligates davening, is being in a crisis. The Ramban describes a crisis as something out of the ordinary, something extraordinary. For the Rambam, according to the Rav, every day you wake up, and you have no idea what that day holds, and you have no idea what that day is going to present, simply to get through a day to drive from point A to point B and come out alive is an ace tzara. So davening, both agree, is driven by an ace tzara. The question is, is that an outstanding out of the ordinary or the daily grind of life is that ace tzara? But either way, there is a notion that we talk to Hashem, certainly we talk to Hashem regularly, based tzara in a crisis, we talk to Hashem daily. In fact, according to Unclus, this could be the very purpose that we were given the whole power of speech we know the Torah tells us that when HaKadosh Baruch Hu breathed life into us and He made us an animated being, HaKadosh Baruch Hu breathed into us Unkla's comments, L'ruach Memalala, what differentiated us from animals, what distinguished the human creation, elevated us above all, was Ruach Memalala, the power of speech. So the question is asked, but who was there to speak to? Before Chava was separated from Adam, Adam is created, he's deposited in the garden, the animals aren't talking back, the plants and the flowers aren't talking back. The stars in the sky aren't talking back. With whom is Adam designed and created to speak? Before there's a companion, 
before there's anyone else to converse with, who is he designed to speak to? So they explain it must be Elamai. Why were we given the power of speech? The whole power of speech is given to us to talk to Hashem. The core, the central reason we were given this power of speech, the main purpose of this gift is to use it to communicate, to talk to Hashem. Ah, then it's convenient and handy. We can also talk to the people around us. We can also use it to advance society, civilization, relationships. That's great. That's a secondary use of the power of speech. But the primary purpose and use of the power of speech is to talk to Hashem. So certainly there's a level of comfort. We heard in the shir yesterday from Hillel, there's a level of comfort from the capacity to be comfortable in silence with Hashem. But also we were designed, we'll get back to later the Maral, who explains this is why we move our lips even when we're not uttering sound. Because by design, we were created to speak. So you see from this understanding of Unklus, man, what differentiates, what defines us, our defining characteristic is the capacity to speak. With whom are we designed to speak to Hashem? It should be our natural reaction, our instinct, our impulse. Something wonderful happens, thank you, Hashem. Something uncomfortable or challenge, a threat, please, I need you, Hashem. Something upsetting, we protest or object, and we invoke, we ask Hashem to intervene and intercede. But just like a person yells, ouch, Rav Pinkus writes in Sharon Betfila, if you stub your toe, and there's no one around to give you sympathy, you still instinctively yell, ouch. If someone's around, it's nice. You yelled, ouch, what's the matter? Are you okay? Can I get you something? Nice. But if no one's around and you're all by yourself, you still scream, ouch, because that's our instinct. Lahavdil, our instinct should be to scream, ouch, to Hashem. Pincus has a beautiful insight. He says, in fact, that's one of the forms of tefillah. The ouch, once you already scream, ouch, should scream, ouch, Hashem. <laughs> Please make it feel better. Please make it go away. Please let it not happen again. Once you already are screaming something, channel and direct it to Hashem. But what you see from all of this is that davening is not a later invention. Despite this Gemara, Megillah, and Brachos, that say, that it was instituted later, among them, prophets, they had the divine inspiration to author a tefillah that would be universal, that would reflect our universal needs, all places, all times. However, that doesn't mean that before them there was no tefillah. We used to daven. And in fact, we'll continue tomorrow night. A beautiful, a beautiful uh, insight of Rabbeinu Bachai and his Kara Kemach, who describes what changed, what happened from the individual subjective natural tefillah to instituting this format and this formula that we're all bound by. Why did that change? What precipitated, what drove them to make this change and what do we benefit and gain from it?